0: we've been gone for a little bit jb we've been busy on some projects oh but we're back hey guys welcome back again to the cut light and smoke podcast presented by the huddle up store studios i am in the huddle up store studios can't tell you more about that i know i've been saying that for a while but i promise my boy dave's gonna be on here and drop some knowledge on you about how you can know more about the huddle up store studios and always brought to you by zeal cigars and cigarsoapbox.com, which is popping off like crazy. If you don't have uh, the best men's cold, cold pressed, all natural soap, you're just missing out. So make sure you go to cigarsoapbox.com and you can do the box experience. you get the whole box, so you get the box soap, soap scrubber, man card, or you can just. Order a la carte on the other side. So, uh, with all that said, we got kind of a, kind of a good good uh, good subject today. But we got to first talk about the cigars that we're smoking because this whole you know this whole podcast about cigars, masculine culture. So the biggest thing we're doing right now is smoking some brand new cigars. What is these, these called, man? Uh, Casa
1: nineteen ten sent us some cigars to to smoke. Um, the one you're smoking, they they have said is uh, is is uh, somewhat rated through some people pretty well. I okay. forget the name of it. Um, you will have to try to pronounce it, uh, uh, but they're a Mexican. They're a Mexican company. They're from Mexico. God, can I say something real quick about Sh- this? Sure. It's like peanut butter. Peanut peanut butter, dude. Straight peanut butter. Like the Neanderthal peanut butter, no. but without all the spice and harshness. Yes, it's very, very, very,
0: very good. Dang it! Very good, I man. Smoked that one. Oh, it's very good.
1: Um, I'm smoking one. It's called the the Hig- Hig- oh man Higlero. Uh, J i l g u e r o. So if your Spanish is well, we, way better than mine, you can pronounce that correctly. Yeah, we
0: need to get we need to get in contact with these guys. This is this is already I mean, it's got, dude. It's got some spice to it, but it's really it's got a real it's like a spicy peanut butter man. Mm. Really good spicy peanut butter, like a baker spice with peanut butter in it. It's very very good. I can't believe how good it is. It's very very good. I can't thank you guys so much from Casa uh, nineteen ten. For sending us these cigars. Uh you know, you can expect a call from Zeal Cigars really soon because this is really good. So for the price point, I don't know what the price point is yet, but uh hopefully the price point's affordable for everybody because it's worth it's worth definitely checking out. Dude, you know I like Mexican tobacco, so oh, yeah. Um oh, I'm, yeah. I'm all for it, bro. I like Mexican everything, dude. I really do. Mexican Mexican food, Mexican culture. I love everything about Mexico. Um so all right, and, and not just because I live in Phoenix, man. I just I've, I've always loved it. So um actually I shouldn't say that, dude. I did not like. I did not like Mexican. I didn't appreciate the culture and the food until I moved to Phoenix. When I moved to Phoenix, I got super fat over Valley Luna, which is right up the street. So I go there at least once a week. So, I, I would say
1: that like some of my favorite people to hang around, dude, that are just super fun to hang around, are just like some chiquinos. Part time Dave. Yeah, dude. Like some part-time va- Dave, some vatos. Some vatos. Yeah, yeah, dude. dude Part time Dave, man. Part time Dave is he awesome. He is like he is like probably quarter chiquino. Mm-hmm yeah
0: I, so yeah he might be half so chiquino bro I, I don't know he if my, does wear flannels a lot i man. don't know <laughs> if my boy jesus listen to this i used to work with in the car industry but i went partying with jesus hmm. one night i've met jesus here I oh think. that's right he came in one yeah, time yeah, yeah so big beard yeah you know, yeah kind of, i love the guy uh so jesus t- called me you know I'm, I'm his token white boy i can hang with him and his friends so i, I thought good i feel like you know the big russian mafia thing with uh Bart, what's his name? I am, the, I am machine. the machine. You know, I'm the Chicano. You know, so I felt really the, good about you're that. You're the yeah. gringo. I'm the gringo. I am the gringo. Yeah, so it was really cool, <laughs> you're man. Welcome so. in the lowrider. There very go. Brother. Yeah, bro. Just, yeah, I'll die with just that, bro. Don't touch the fuzzy dice. <laughs> well, hey, uh, we got some, we got some, uh, some news that hit just recently that we're gonna talk about, and we're also talk a little bit about men and pets. I, you know, we're gonna go through this a little bit. I might get a little choked up because I just had to put down our family dog, Marley who was a black lab, about 10 years old, developed cancer, and I'll talk about that in a little bit. But first off, we got to start off with the smack heard around the world and the smack back heard around the world. So obviously we all know about Chris Rock and um, uh, Will Smith's falling out. Uh, not that they were really, I guess, really strong friends or anything like that, but uh, Chris Rock just had a Netflix, ne- Netflix special. Chris mm-hmm. Chris spoke pretty highly of uh, of Will
1: Smith as being somebody that, that – I would say, previous to that situation he looked up to.
0: But this is a classic case of your wife not knowing when to shut up. <laughs> this is a classic case of when your wife is not in her place. Yeah, because she kind of started is, it in a way. Absolutely she did. Absolutely. So if you saw the whole, like, the Netflix special, I saw clips of it. I, I don't I don't have Netflix. My daughter has Netflix, so I got to, like, steal her Netflix to watch it. But uh, I saw all the clips of it and everything else. I saw what he said and everything like that. So I want to talk a little bit about Men and Vengeance uh, in a second because uh, I've heard – I've heard that um, vengeance is a dish best served cold, okay, in our culture, and nothing was colder than the dish served up to Will Smith, you know. And I know he's embarrassed and everything else like that. It's bringing everything up. But here's the thing, man. You know, uh, uh, really, he didn't start it. His wife started it. And how did it all start out? Do you remember? Uh, I think he was uh, – Chris Rock was
1: hosting the Oscars or something, and uh – uh I think she had made a joke about uh something about him quitting his job or something like that because he wasn't good at it. No, she was
0: joking. She was serious. Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, though. you need to quit the Oscars because her husband wasn't nominated for concussion. It was something like that. That yeah, was yeah, yeah. the issue. That was the issue, and it was really easy because Chris Rock was like, "I ain't gotta quit" and everything like that. And so he took he took exception with that. All right, and so he started joking about her, and then he goes on to talk about how. They, at one point they were taking a break in their marriage, which you don't take a break in a marriage, by the way. All right. They're taking a break in their marriage. She ended up cheating on Will Smith with August, which is her son's best friend. And she called it an entanglement on that round table, Facebook video thing that she does. Right. So the round table, and she brought Will Smith in to ask him how he felt about that. Yeah, And then Chris Rock took the epic comic shot at that by saying like hey it's like sucking somebody else's and asking how did you feel about that to your husband right i mean it's 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 absolutely in, embarrassing. in front of millions of people yes lots of people lots of people okay you know and she's got she, she calls she calls her affairs by the way tanglements yeah yeah her, her adultery she calls entanglements if you would you know it's not it's not adultery i don't even like calling it an affair because that affair look, is man. like something you go to that's a cool look i'm gonna ba- say know.
1: one thing what she went from hanging with Tupac to a dude that doesn't cuss in his raps to sell records.
0: Well, that came up a lot too. That came up a lot too when it comes to Will Smith. I'm just it, saying, yeah, she I know. She I know.
1: ran with some of the hardest people in the industry back then, dude. You're talking Tupac, Suge. You're talking some of the dudes of the dudes that people wouldn't even come to. People wouldn't even come to LA without making sure they got permission from Suge first. That's serious, bro. That's why
0: Suge's in jail, dude. <laughs> That's why he's in jail, But like bro. Yeah. But like that's how serious it was back then, dude. She ran with them people. I know, I know. And so so she goes from, you know, consummate bad boy to good guy, right? And Will Smith forever in Hollywood. The the Prince of Bel Air, if you will. Exactly. He was he was the good guy and everything else like that. And up until this point, I think I think he was embarrassed. I think everybody was embarrassed for him. But up until the point where he smacked Chris, we were all like, well, he's a good guy. you know. He's, he's trying to save his marriage. He's trying to stay in there and everything like that. And then all of a sudden, he gets up on stage probably because Jada – we saw the video. You've seen there's a million videos of it. Jada laughs for it and then just gives Will the snake eye, right? Will gets up on stage, smacks Chris Rock, all right? And Chris Rock said some things on there that, like, was a precursor to the prophetic time that he was going to come back and do the show that he just did. He was like, man, could I – Boy, could I, and you heard that come out of his mouth on stage. Yeah. You know, it's, it's one thing to give somebody with quick wit time. Right. Isn't that a good word, man? Like, I mean, think about
1: it, right? Think if, think if you like, you came up with an insult and you were like, get back to me in two days. Think of how my just even thinking like how my mind right, works. Right, right, right. I'm gonna come up with something ridiculous in two days. Right. I'm gonna come up with something ridiculous on the spot. Right. But you give right. me two days to think through all that shit. Much less and, a year? And dig it <laughs> and dig further into your shit mm. to to then to then make it so cunning and so unique, it's like it's like what Eminem did to cannabis with with the whole album, the Eminem show. Okay, that whole thing was literally him just taking his stuff out and smacking cannabis a little bit around the face. With oh him. wow!
0: And I it was all that.
1: just a misunderstanding. Okay, cannabis didn't really want to start all that. He was given bad information from his crew and said something bad. Dude, that's why you always go to the horse's but mouth, man. It comes back to the vengeance thing, right? Yeah. Like he was so petty that he put little snippets in his whole album, the mm-hmm. Eminem show. At cannabis, just to like, just to terrorize him mentally, bro.
0: So we haven't we haven't been we haven't been on on a podcast in a minute because we've been in the middle of this big project. And this big project, we're going to be able to bring out tremendous amounts of product to all of our people. It's going to be a big thing for our website and everything else like that. We all know we know about that. That's something we've been talking about. But in the midst of that, as we're working, we're doing a lot of computer work. You and I both are doing a lot of computer work, going through tons of product and everything else like that. You know. I, I'm listening to things I'm watching things I'm, I'm listening to podcasts I'm listening to music and everything else like that so but you're really into music and you're saying that there's somebody else is getting ready to clap back with NF so NF as you said is coming I don't, for people I, I don't mean, think I don't he's think he's dropping a new album right yeah
1: I don't I don't think I, I don't know if you I don't know if i meant it in the way that you might have taken it mm, mm, right like mm. I don't think he I don't know if he's going to call out people directly in the industry because that's not his style right right, right. uh um, well, that's not clever that's not clever either. He's a clever rapper. He's very intelligent. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's in my opinion, he's an upper echelon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's a Mount Rushmore, and unfortunately, it's more than five people. You guys can right. get over it. Right, but, right, right. Um, he, I would put him up there with like Crooked Eye, Royce the Five Nine, like okay, um, M, Nas, you know, Dre, those guys, right? Like right, some right. of the best writers in the world, Kendrick, Drake, uh, Drake, Drake, eh, Ghostwriters. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um. All right. But like some of those best writers in the industry big Sean you know those guys right like so storytellers he's one of the best storytellers in the industry but with this album i think he's going to he's going to do something in the rap industry that nobody's done since will smith mm. and think of this right like how many big time artists in the rap industry you you actually just introduced me to somebody i've never heard of before mm-hmm. that are Big believers, yeah, and, and, in the rap and industry. F's a believer, yeah, no He about that. doesn't, yeah, he does yeah. not cuss in his raps. Right, like it's right, kind of funny right. that we're talking about Will Smith too. You like, right, you know, right. he didn't have to cuss in his raps to sell records. Yeah, um,
0: but he did on stage in order to sell the slap.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but NF yeah. doesn't cuss either, right? Like, right, right, um, right. And he's still one of the most unique and probably one of the most talented people that that music industry people have never heard of. Right, And I right. think with this album. Um, I, I think he's going to turn heads, dude.
0: I don't know, man. I think, I think most people, uh, have, I, I, I really think that like most people have heard of NF by now. If but only because
1: of that one song that went popular time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean, but like
1: go back and listen to his stuff like mansion and like listen to the story about his mom going through drugs and addiction and how he dealt with that. And then, um, How he's the person he is now because he has a son, and like you, you, it's really one of the most beautiful journeys to listen to. Okay, okay. But so when people hear these these hit songs from these people, Mm -hmm. I wonder how many of them go back and listen because his music is not radio edit. That yeah. is one of the few songs that I would say would be a mainstream edit. His stuff right. is gritty. It's dark. It's hard. He's yeah. yelling at the mic. He's crying. He's, yeah, you feel the emotion. Your hair stands up, right?
0: Yeah, dude. I, I remember you telling me that, and I listened to I listened to his his, uh, his last album, and I was super impressed. Clouds? Ly- ly- yeah, clouds. Yeah, uh, lyrically, it's it's immensely good. Um, talent wise and timing, he's he's on point. Like 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 it like. Like a top echelon like a top echelon guy, He just he is. um yeah it, most definitely
1: on his new album I think is hope and oh. um he just launched his second the second song kind of popped out on that because he's kind of slowly releasing it I think it finally comes out in like right April right. or something like that yeah um but dude his. I'm really big into, like, caden- cadences and how yeah. people deliver the the syllables and how they rhyme the syllables and how they do the internal and external rhyme schemes if they're really, really
0: good, and then how those tied into lines previously. Yeah, like the, the – well, poetry would be – in poetry, it's iambic pentameter. Yeah, 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 We're exactly. This, yeah, yeah. So you're talking about the rhythm and the and, and how it links yeah, back I, to what he said before. I guess know? I
1: never really understood that, man, but I was oh, – that was probably the only thing in English that I was really interested in as a kid, and right, I actually right. wrote – I actually wrote a lot of girls' poems back in the day. Now that I think about it, and I never really connected the two until now. Okay, but okay. Uh, yeah, I guess I like poetry.
0: Well, poetry, poetry is—I mean, all music is is poetry laid out to beats. That's all it really is. You know, it's an expression of—I mean, it's a poetry is an expression of a person's heart, essentially. And then when you put lyrics on top of that, and then you put sound on top of that, you get you get music. Ultimately, that's really what it is. You know, so that's why a lot of great. You know, lyricists and you know our poets. I mean, that's I mean, rap was called urban poetry before it was ever called rap or hip hop. It was always urban poetry. You know, and you got the and you got the uh, or spoken word, spoken word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got spoken word and everything like that too. So, uh, uh,
1: I actually have have an idea of something that I'm going to do. I don't know if I really want to say it out loud or not, but it's going to be something along that lines. Mm-hmm. I want to I want to actually like read think think if I took like. Um, nf story for example right and i'm talking about how deep and how rich his story is or i go through um uh you know some of the other artists that tell really good stories like Mm -hmm. um royce the five nine has an album called the allegory amazing storytelling on that album Mm. i want to read those albums from front to beginning Mm -hmm. but i want to read them as if they were there were stories. They were stories yeah, and yeah. not wrapped them in cadences like they were a rap song, right? That's I want to read cool. them like they were spoken word or a poetry, yeah. right? And I want to see how that turns out. Because I think dope. it'll be really interesting. Yeah, like, that'd be dope. Think, it, think if you heard me like, we're going off the rails, the rails on the crazy train. You know, like something like yeah, that, but like,
0: but like really getting into the lyrics. Well, I think it can actually open up people's minds and, and people who don't appreciate rap and the rhythm and the beats behind it. Or and, they get lost the in the
1: lyrics and the beat, and they don't right. hear a lot of that, and they right, don't hear right. the story or the words that are actually being said, well, and the 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 triple and double entendres and right. the multi meanings in that one line. Yeah,
0: yeah. I I mean that's that's one. I mean that's one of the things that when M dropped, you know, um, lose lose yourself. Oh yeah. I yeah. mean when he dropped that, people were so. Dun, 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 but again, dun, dun, that's a radio dun, edit. Dun, dun, that's a radio dun, hit. Dun, 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 dun. His so, his original
1: edit of that. Mm-hmm. Song's not even the same, dude. Oh,
0: wow. It, okay. When
1: you listen to the original edit, you're like, man, that's the song that, like, that's the song that, like, got him going. And then you hear the the original edit, and then you hear the new edit, and you see what Dre did with it after he got the mixtapes, right? Cause okay. Because okay. the song that got him popular was Hi, My Name Is, and that's yeah, the song yeah. that got Dre to sign him because he just went off in the booth off mm-hmm. rip. Like, hi, my name is, and they wrote it right there, right? Right, right, right. So, um... But yeah, so when when people when when people ask questions like who who do you, who's your top 5 rappers or who's your best rapper of right, all time. Right, right. Um I'm I'm a hip hop head, man. I study this stuff very heavily. Um and I like it a lot. So so that's why when people ask the questions of like, well, who do you who do you put as a biggest rapper and stuff like that or who's your favorite rapper, or who's the best rapper? Um I I put a lot of detail in that and there's a lot of people out there that people have never even heard of that should be on these lists, man. Like, right, right, you know, right. there's but that, that's kind of a sidebar. But um, sure, sure, a, sure. in my opinion, I think NF is one of the one of the best. And I think that this next
0: album mm. um, is really going to turn some heads, bro. So here's my here's my thing about if we're going to take the topic men and vengeance, if you would. So uh, and I'm split on this. From, how how petty uh, can you be? Yeah. It, part of it is part of his pettiness. The part of it is. I understand it. You yeah. know, I understand this there's guys I want to get vengeance on. There's guys that have hurt me that your, I mean, your
1: name is the only thing that you have, right? Right. In right. that situation with Chris Rock, uh huh. His name was
0: Right, right, right. You know, was put in question in a couple different ways. Oh, completely, completely. And I think uh how how he did it and everything else like that, marketing wise is is genius. There's just no no doubt about that. He made what million off that. Well, you know, everybody in the world's
1: going, when's he going to say something? When's he going to, is he going to say something? Is he going to clap back? And then boom, this Netflix special comes out. And then all these people are like, oh shit, we got to see this because I got to hear what he said about Will Smith.
0: Right. And I I think Will Smith's reaction to it saying it just brings up pain and he he wishes Chris would not stop and everything else like that. I think what what that does when that happens is it it shows you um, the ramifications of your actions because I think everybody. Felt like he got away with it because he's Will Smith, and there what the, the ramifications weren't that hard. Being banned from the academy and everything like that, losing movies and everything else like that, they thought every, everyone. But he, thought, was still, myself, he was still in
1: some big movies right after that, dude. He well, was. I don't know. I don't know if they turned out to be big box office hits. They but They were
0: big movies. They weren't. Big, big, like, people, um, people. People know when you embarrass somebody. Yeah. They they know like you're you're done, man. Like you're, Emancipation you're, you're was a big role. Right, but I don't know how good the movie was, but. Yeah, but I mean the 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 problem is like when you do something like that and you embarrass another man, I think I think that's the biggest thing. Like when you're embarrassed as a man, you know, you do everything you can to check yourself. Like for example, I think Joe Rogan said it best, when you hit a man, he thinks about that for his life. When you hit a man and he thinks about how he can get back, especially if there's no recourse for what he did for what he can do to you, he thinks about that for all his life. And like you mm. said to your point, like I mean, you could, you could think, I can, I can remember every fight I've been in. Okay. I can remember when I got hit. I can remember when I got sucker punched, you know, and I'm, I, you know, does it, I, I can remember, I can, I can remember. remember
1: most of mine to a point where if I went to and close my eyes right now, I could probably put myself right back into that situation. Almost, so, almost like a, like a dream.
0: I remember there's this, there's this guy when I was young, he ran, he ran around some older guys. Um, he used to follow me home and they used to beat me up when I was like in sixth or seventh grade. Well, then I got in ninth and eighth, ninth and tenth grade, and I and I blew up, dude. I lifted and everything like that. Got big, got strong. Played football, all that good stuff. And it was like a milk commercial, the old milk commercial. You see the guy in the gym. You are like, hey, how you doing? You know, because he, he drank milk and he got big. Popeye um, eats his spinach. Yeah, exactly. And I remember seeing him in the bathroom by himself, and he was like, he was like, hey, what's up? What's up, Reeth? And I am like, nothing, man. And, and he and he's like, yeah, I remember we used to joke around, and he gave me a shot to the arm. And I said, I don't think it's like funny. the the, old, the old Charlie Horse. Yeah, I, I said, I don't think it's funny anymore, man. And he was like, uh, uh, you know, he kind of got all guy got all hard, and he's like, he's like, whatever, dude, whatever, man. Why go be such a wuss about stuff? And just walked away, you know, because he knew I would take him if I had to, you know. But but I think that there's something about, you know, vengeance under control, and ultimately allowing like taking the class road. Like here's my question. That's what I struggle with. I, I wonder. I wonder what would have happened if Chris Rock would be like, you know what, man? Um, Will's obviously in a, in a bad place, uh, and 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 I'm sorry for how he feels. You know, I'm I'm a comedian doing my thing. That's just what I do. There was no need for what he did, and I'm really upset about it. And forgave him publicly for that. How much more benefit could that be for our culture? Versus a guy who claps back. And here's the thing. It shows man, but then do you risk being Chris Rock
1: being called a bitch for being slapped and then being called again because you didn't say anything so about up, it? So
0: check this dude. Nobody called him a bitch. Everyone called Will Smith the bitch. You know what? That's fair. Everyone you're did. right. You're Everyone right. Did. That's fair. And I That's think, fair. I think what happens when a man I think up, a lot of people were impressed by how he handled it more than. It, yeah, I think you're right. Initially, obviously. So here, here's my thought is what would have happened for our culture in general If Chris Rock would have offered, uh, you know, an olive olive branch to Will Smith and say, hey, man, let's put this stuff behind us. Let's get some – and then how healthy would that be for Will Smith getting his mind right? I don't know. You know, like that could have been something – phenomenal. Now, it also shows you the sinfulness of of human beings, just who we are. We want to see the drama, and we want to see the blow up. Yeah. So when we saw what Chris Rock did, we know it's Which good is why marketing. This
1: Netflix series is going
0: to make him a ton of money. Right, right. It's already made him 40 million. <laughs> so like as a result of that, Chelsea we, Clinton? we go, okay, this is a this is a this is an incredible thing he went and clapped back on for, but there's a part of me inside of me, it's it's the part that's connected to Jesus. There's no doubt about that that where I'm like, what would happen if two men who disagreed just never spoke about the other person negatively, you know, you just, you just kind of go on. You're like, that. that's it, man. It's, you know, he, he had a bad day or he had, he had, something like that. And you just kind of go on, you know what I'm saying? What would happen if that happened versus somebody else taking the opportunity? Nothing. You know, I who? don't, I don't think anything would happen. Yeah, Nothing would happen in culture other than people talking crap about him. But what would happen to those two souls? Those I, two souls could be given a generosity there that, that, Few people ever get that when you have dirt on somebody and you can expose the dirt, you don't out of class, you don't out of faith, you don't out of the betterment of culture and your other human being with you. Yeah, that's my question because we're all clapping, we're, we're all laughing at it and everything. I get it, I, I'm laughing too. But the other thing behind it is there's destruction of real human beings' lives, you know, behind this. And and not only that, but there's other people who follow them. Remember, celebrities are mirrors. So, like when you look at a celebrity, there's some people trying to be like Chris Rock, trying to be like Will Smith, trying to take sides and everything like that. That they're they're just not. It's it's bigger than just Chris and Will. I mean, it's it's our it's our culture in general as as men and and guy. Every guy's like, well, he need, he got what he deserved and everything. I get it, I get it. I mean, trust me, I I have a theological concept that makes me believe that I deserve. Death and hell. I'm just happy I'm here. You know, so, I mean, as a result, I mean, I wonder what that would do for our culture. And what, let me ask you this. I'm just lighting up the cigar again because it's too good. Uh, (laughs) What what would that do for a culture? You know, not everybody in the culture because people are dramatic and people want to see stuff like that and they want content and everything else. But what would that do if you answered harsh words or strike in the face with kindness, with generosity, and with grace? Versus revenge. What would that do? I mean, in in a scheme of
1: one-to-one, probably nothing. On a grander scheme of things, where if it ended up snowballing into more people saying, like, damn, maybe I should approach things that way. But here's the thing. I don't think people would look at it and say that. I think they would be like, damn, Chris Rock's a cool dude. That's mad respect for doing that. But I wouldn't do that shit. See that? See that's... So I think... I think people would notice it, and I think people would have more respect for Chris Rock out of it. But I don't know if I don't know if people would receive it the way that that you would want them to, at least as many.
0: You know, there might be a few. But I, here's my point: to those few that receive that, they have an opportunity to understand the grace that we're all given by God. Well, I mean, we we spit in Jesus' face daily. I mean, we just do it, believe well, sure. like it or not. So we we do. And so the grace that God has for us and not co- not holding our sins to us, the fact that you could see a person forgive somebody like that, like it's, it's the, well, the story. It's, there's it's, another layer to it too if you know how Chris Rock was raised. Like
1: the show Everybody Hates Chris, uh-huh. like that was legitimately – how he was raised mm-hmm. He was picked on He was beat up He was a goofy kid He wasn't the dude Well so. comedians
0: have dark sides but well, Every well, single comedian Most of them has, were man. picked on Right Yeah, but They're but like, they're bullied Or they were you But know, put yeah. that
1: into perspective In front of millions of people Where somebody comes up And does exactly what Everybody did to you When you were a kid What everybody did to you In every comedy club In front of everybody While you were trying to come up And they just embarrassed you In front of
0: millions of people But check this dude I'm not And then doubt- he handled it like that I'm not doubting That that, 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 that happened The way that it did I'm not yeah. doubting That it, it couldn't have gone Any other way Way. What I am saying, though, is if it did, imagine the amount of class that that shows to a whole world that's classless currently, yeah. to a whole I, culture, a whole culture that's bent on, you know, uh, online squabbles and built built on rappers hitting other rappers yeah. and built on people's drama and built on stuff like that. All of a sudden, something very pure, almost holy, almost sanctified, comes out of a conversation where you go, you know, what, man, I'm, I'm going to love that guy. Even though you know he did that well, to me,
1: uh, I'll put something into perspective. That almost happened with Tupac, Biggie, and and Nas, and 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 all them guys, right? Okay. And then what happened?
0: Then Biggie Tupac got killed. Didn't Tupac he? got killed. Yeah, and then Biggie did. Did not he? And then yeah. Biggie got killed. Right. right? right so, I
1: right. uh, I don't know, man. There, and that that's a weird situation. That's a different one, right? Mm-hmm. But, um, I I think, I think, I think if Chris Rock. I think he still handled it pretty, pretty well, especially mm-hmm. for being a comedian, right? right like, right, right, I right. think in the realm of a comedian, he handled it pretty classfully as a comedian. Because he, he, dude, he could have went way more in well, than that.
0: I, I agree with that, and I'll say this: um, as somebody, I don't know where Chris Rock's faith is or anything like that. And Jesus, uh, yeah, you know, I couldn't I, tell I, you. I, I know, I have no idea. But somebody that would—that's a cursory overview. Somebody who doesn't necessarily follow if he doesn't follow Christ. I'm not sure. Uh, I would say that he he handled it the way that you know most people would. You know, got the ratings, got the money, got the bag, got everything. Like else it was like more
1: that. of a middle finger versus a uh, versus slapping him back, essentially. Right, right, right. Yeah. And
0: I, I guess in there, it wasn't a turn mercy, the other cheek, but no, no, it wasn't. Now, keep this in mind. I'm I'm talking about this, yeah. as somebody that's had to do this before, but also somebody who's never done it. You know, with yeah. certain people. So like, there's there's people that hurt me. That I mean, there, there's there's ways that. To people in the cigar industry, okay, people in the cigar industry that have that have hurt our business, hurt hurt us, hurt who we are. I I give blessing to and not curses, but in my head I have a finger up. Yeah, and it ain't it ain't your number one. All right, so like that that's one of those things that like I'm still working through that just in my own head and being transparent and honest about it. You know, And even as we're doing the big project we're doing, I'm just thinking about all these people are going to come knocking on our door and everything like that because we have this big project we're releasing and we're going to be competing with major people and stuff like that. And so I'm doing this kind of stuff. I'm like, this person's going to come back and be like, hey, why didn't you talk to me? Hey, why didn't you talk to me? Because you chose this guy over me back in the day, bro. You chose this guy over me. You said to me, I got to choose somebody, I'm choosing him. You didn't choose me. You didn't believe in me, so now what? But see, I wouldn't call that vengeance, right? I would just call that you
1: know, um, being a fair prick, just, well, <laughs> I, I wouldn't call it vengeance. I would just say that like, if you're looking at it from a business standpoint, you're just choosing to give your business to somebody else that supports you a hundred percent. That's it. If, I, I don't think that yeah. I wouldn't consider back that being day, vengeance it,
0: in the back of the day. That's, that's how it went for them. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not hate. I'm just saying you can't come knocking let, at my door. Let me you ask know?
1: you this though. Right. Cause this, this is, I think another question where you can kind of differentiate people from each other. Right. And um, sure. How many times when you did seek vengeance on somebody did you feel remorseful or feel bad about it afterwards? Every time.
0: Me too. Every time. There's never a time that I've, seek, I've sought vengeance on somebody to talk trash about them or beat them up or something like that or get them back for something that I ever walked away with my faith intact.
1: Feeling like, yeah, yeah dude, yeah. No, so like, there, so you said something earlier and I'm trying to remember exactly what you said, but I was like, that's something I struggle with. Mm. And it's, it's being able to like, to not react in those moments, like if I got slapped in front of that,
0: yeah, Um those hands are being thrown.
1: Well, yeah. I don't, I don't necessarily know that that would happen. I guess it would depend on who and what the situation. Like if you mm-hmm. slap me, mm-hmm. I wouldn't throw hands, you, but well, there would be a fucking conversation about why you just smacked the crap out of me. I, slap you, bro. <laughs> I mean, but, but I mean, like, yeah, if, if, but you know what I mean. If, like first off, like if if, if some random dude comes up and slaps me, dude, we're you know we're you better, you better drop them right now, dude. Cause we're putting gloves on. Let's do so it.
0: L- l- I'll kick you. I'll kick you in it. I'll kick you a scenario, but I'll feel bad dude, after I, I kick the dude's I, ass. I know, yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll throw you a scenario between you and me that I, I think you would, you would agree with. And I think you would see like, so there's a verse in the Bible. It says the wounds of a friend are to be trusted, mm. you know? Um, so let's say you come to me one day and you're like, Hey man, just so you know, um, uh, I've been having an affair for the last five years and I didn't mm-hmm. want to tell you about it cause I was embarrassed. I blah, 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 blah. I'd probably curl up your shirt, throw you against the wall in, with tears in my eyes. Yeah. Like, just like, be like, why, dude? like, why? Like, like, bro, you come I to love me? you. Why, why did not you, you say something? Yeah. 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 I'm like, I would never, I, and even then I'm only, I'm, all, I'm more angry at myself for like not catching that someday yeah. or something like that. So like, I I I don't think there's ever been a time with anybody I've ever worked with or anybody I've ever I've ever loved or cared but see, about. See, that wouldn't
1: be any different than yeah. my dad doing the same thing right, to me. Right. You know I, what I mean? And like
0: I, and I get that. Like you you love the person, you're yeah. like, what, bro, I, I love you. What's going on, man? So you're not you're not trying to see that. So in there there's there I don't think I don't think I've ever had anybody that knows me and loves me ever strike me, even my father. My father never struck me like in anger. You know, okay. like, I, I got, I got, I got, I got, you know, I definitely got my butt beat with my dad plenty of time. Yeah. You huh? got spankings. Yeah. yeah I got yeah, yeah. spankings too, oh, but
1: yeah. I, I could agree with that. I never physically yeah. got hit no, out of it. No, I, yeah. I think my dad was pretty close a couple times. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Dad, my dad always uh, said,
0: I never get bigger than a two by four. So, but, I, was, uh, I, didn't, I didn't test that. <laughs> um, yeah, I could agree with that. I would say that,
1: uh, even, even like my best friends, I've, mm-hmm. I've actually socked a couple of my really good friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they did not react back. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, this point where
0: you know you deserve it, and you're like, well, oh, that, I deserve
1: that, those yeah. were those were w- one of those situations was um, just I was young and I was just frustrated because he was like messing around with my ex girlfriend, and he knew better than that. He was like, he was my dude. He slept right. next. He literally slept in a. He made a pillow spot next to my bed and slept on the floor in my room for years. Like that was right. my dude. Right. So um, that was just that was a little bit weird, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, man. I've I don't think I've ever had a situation where um, I felt good after seeking vengeance on somebody
0: well i don't i don't think we're made to i don't think we're i don't i don't think we're made to i think it's something that like and
1: most of mine are reactionary right like some i'm trying to break up a fight right after a football game and some kid runs up and punches me in the back of the head like i'm the one telling everybody to go away and you punch me and and then he ran right so what what do i do i freaking snap and turn into the freaking ogre man and i start running and he runs into an area where he gets trapped to and there's just a fence there so you can either climb the fence or <laughs> hello yeah and yeah, I yeah, full yeah. sprint knocked the dude out cold on the spot mm. and i had my last name was on my shirt that i was wearing cuz i had like a tracker basketball shirt on yeah and uh i went back to my 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 car or actually my sister uh, her friend's mom was picking us up mm-hmm. and i went back to the car and she was like did you just hit that dude cuz we heard it from here and my hand was all swollen up and when i got home my mom was doing some work in the computer room And I sat down next to her and I was just like holding my hand and I was crying. And she's like, what the hell's wrong with you, boy? And I was like, mom, I hurt somebody really bad today, I think. And she was like, well, what the heck happened? Mm -hmm. And I told her and she was like, boy, you better suck it up. He hit you. And I was like, but I think I really hurt him. And she was like, well, if you did, you're going to deal with what happens after. But she was like, you got to think better than that. And I was like, but he hit me and ran. What was I supposed to do? And she was like, you got to think about that stuff. So whatever happens from this happens from this. And like, um. Nothing ever came of it. There were rumors of what happened to the kid,
0: but you know, nobody so knows. I, I'll tell you this much: that. Um, but I felt bad, dude. I, I I think that one one of my one of my callings in life in life is to um, challenge us as men to a greater a, a greater level of brotherhood, valor, and chivalry. And I think part of that starts with uh there's a bunch of pops and stuff like that in the studio. We don't know where it's coming from. I think from, it's, the it's the neighbors. Is the neighbors okay? Um, but to challenge men to be better than we are. You know what I'm saying? So that's where my head goes when I see this kind of stuff. All that said, did Chris did Chris Rock have a cultural mandate to do that? Sure. Would I have liked to do something would I like to see something else done in a sense of where there's grace and forgiveness and literally a, a coming together, you know, for, for the community in general? I think that'd be great. I think but, if I was him, I think I would have came out and I would have said
1: like I think I would have done it this way, right? This is where my this is where I'm sick, right? So I would have I would have came out, and I would have been I would have done what you did, right? But I would have also said like, but I'm telling you right now, it's gonna make some comedy gold, you know? Like I forgive the guy, but I'm gonna make some jokes about it.
0: I think I think that would have been, that probably would have been the best option to come out of it. The best that we could hope for is to have a, a sit down, and who knows if he did? Who knows? I mean, you don't know. I mean, all this stuff gets. gets yeah, they could hit them each other used. up on the phone, and yeah. he could have been like, "Yo, man, like, yeah, she yeah. needs
1: to say sorry." And yeah. my, my deal ain't with you, but you got the brunt of it because you were sitting there and you came up and did right. something about it. Like, and what, your
0: wife got you in trouble, man. You know, that's that's another. I mean, we can go on. A, we can go on a side note on this one. Well, this that's is, that's this will be interesting. This will be interesting because we we got we got some. That's
1: the downfall of man, dude. It, it I is. can give
0: you names, bro. I I'm 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 sure this John Dillinger. Me. Yeah, uh, so. Let me let me talk about this. Jesse so James, when, when is it? This is the, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get
1: email for this one. I'm gonna do the Burns and Gambo thing what? where he just yells Jesse James,
0: <laughs> John the, Dillinger. The, here's here's my thought. When is it the man's right to put his woman in check? See I, I know I'm, I know I'm hitting I'm uh, so I'm just saying there I, so I'm going to tell you this much I do believe there is So I think you need mandate. to define I think you need to define what you mean by in check
1: cuz I think that that so is are, a very gray area
0: for men So let, let me just say so in check I don't mean violence I don't I mean just say what I'm going to say I don't mean violence I don't mean you know abusive language or anything else like that or even manipulating but, or manipulating yeah I'm not saying any of that but there's a time when you, sh- you should have built such a strong relationship with your wife. Now, obviously, Will Smith did not do that, okay, because Jada it's, felt— it, It's Hollywood, man. How, ma- how okay, many people of really, really of do, you know? But I'm just saying for the for the broader conversation, though, for the broader conversation, that is there a time where a man has to put his wife in check for the sake of their relationship, the sake of his his respect among his brothers, and saying, hey, look, by the way— you know, this is a time I need you to be quiet and I need you to trust me, you know, in that. Now, here's my thing is if you say that, you better have the relationship to back that up. You better have the trust behind your wife. I mean, it's, it, all relationships are time, trust, and truth, right? They're all time, trust, and truth. So you don't have the time with your wife. You don't have the trust with your wife. You can't speak the truth to your wife. All of a sudden, you tell your wife, I need you to trust me. There are things that, that I have come down the pipeline that I, I know I have to have conversations with Jamie. Like, I need you to trust me on this one. I need I need you to trust me on this one, and she'll be like, "You are God's leader of our family. I love you, and I trust you. I don't like it, but I will. You know, kick you in the balls later if this uh, is bad." Jamie, Jamie has a, <laughs> my wife has a line. Here's Jamie's line. My line. If you feel like this is God's God's will for our family, and you're willing to deal with the repercussions standing before Him and giving an account for the decision you're making, go right ahead and make it. And at that point, he just puts me in check for anything I really want, right? You know, and I'm like, "Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness!" Dude, but, uh,
1: yeah, I know, vengeance is a different thing, man, but uh, there, there is one thing that I would say most people wouldn't seek vengeance on, bro. What's that? Dude, they're pets, bro.
0: That's a great segue. That's one of the best segues I've ever heard in my entire life without being on a segue and crashing. Paul Blart, mall cop? Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, man's best friend, pets. Let's talk about pets for a second. I mean, it's, fresh, it's a fresh wound for me. You know, and everyone's been, I, let me just say this real quick. If you to listen to the podcast and you hit me up on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and everything else like that, thank you so much for the condolences over our family dog that we had to put down recently. His name's Marley. He's a 10-year-old lab, and he ended up getting cancer, and uh, I'll tell you the story and everything like that, but uh, let's talk about pets real quick. So roughly, from the stats that we were looking at, uh, 70% of the people here in the U.S. own dogs. Thirty-three percent own cats. Yeah. Now, cats and dogs are are different animals for sure. Cats are, I think, uh, probably more intelligent, cunning, and uh, destructive, and dogs are uh, dumb and loyal and essentially uh, just fun and enjoyable and awesome and incredible. And sorry, I'm a dog guy. You're a cat guy. Sorry. Well, I have, I've had a lot of
1: different animals, bro.
0: You have, you have. Um, but as as pets, though, in particular, I, I as have. Pets. Have you had dogs particular as pets oh yeah okay bro. okay yeah, yeah, yeah um
1: one of my best friends as a kid was a freaking Doberman dude oh yeah yeah oh, dope, dope, that's dope. that's one of the reasons why I was like one of the fastest kids in the county was because all I did was um I would actually she was kind of interesting I even trained her in German because I took German in high school sure sure and uh I would actually so we had like a wrap around porch big old country wrap around porch mm-hmm. and um I would start on the porch mm-hmm. and I would get her going off the porch real quick and then I would get her on the porch and then I would just take off sprinting around the garage. Oh wow. And then I would just run around the house and try to get back to the porch before she could catch me. Oh wow. And then I would I would try to do two eventually I would do two laps. Oh, that's and then cool. I would start tricking her and I would start cutting between the house and the garage <laughs> and she would be running around looking for me. She couldn't find me. Right, right, right. And uh but yeah, no, dude I I've had a lot. Um I have a cat named Simba right now that's basically mm-hmm. like a dog. Um yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. got a lot of um
0: This is the best cat, man. I've I had a cat named Baxter like that.
1: Yeah, he's he's got a lot of bengal in him. Yeah, okay. So okay. if if you've ever owned or if you've never owned a bengal, there's a lot you got to understand about them. Mhm. They're extremely talkative. Oh, okay. And they're extremely active. Oh, wow. Um okay. so like the second I walk in the door, dude, he's He's meowing. He's saying hi. He's bringing me a mouse. Bringing me a. Cat. We have cat. Uh, that's actually silverstein. Um, stems around the house that they chew on and play with. Silverstein's kind of like catnip. Okay, okay. Um, but yeah, I've I've owned uh ferrets, bunnies. Um, the the ferret was actually probably one of my most favorite pets.
0: Oh, a ferret. Yeah,
1: his name was Slinky. Okay. Well, we actually had two, but the the original one I remember his name was Slinky, and um. He would hide all my stepmom's uh, jewelry. So this ferret would actually take all my stepmom's jewelry and he would hide it. And for years we couldn't find this stuff—her oh, wedding wow. ring, all kinds of things. And uh, when we finally moved from the house in the city to the county, we moved her be- We moved the bed out of my out of my dad's bedroom and her their bedroom. Mm-hmm. And there was like a freaking treasure treasure trove of just everything shiny and gold and just like piled up in this Friggin corner ferrets dude, dude they're, ferrets. they're the funniest i swear they're dude. thieves dude they're thieves they're yeah, the dude. funniest little weasels on the planet dude they Hell have this me. like chocolate stuff that you like drip on their stomach mm-hmm. and then they just curl up in a ball dude and just they just eat it up dude it's it's funny but they're super snuggly dude yeah, yeah, they're yeah, super yeah.
0: loving um I've had a lot of really I've had a bird dude a bird that was really loving. Well, it's it's I want to get into this because it's something about dogs and guys. Man, dogs and well, man's best friend. Well, that's why they friend. call it man's best friend. Yeah, man's right? best friend. So, um, you know, in in the in the midst of this, I'm 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 really curious to what what other guys think and feel about this. So, if you guys do want to email us about your thoughts on pets and putting, putting pets down and everything. That's how you must more in a second. You can contact us contact us at Cut Light Smoke Podcast on one word. CutLightsmoke Podcast at gmail dot com. That's the best play, best way you can hold of us. Um so my my dog had cancer. So probably about so we put him down, I guess it was last Thursday. Or yeah, I guess it was last Thursday, wasn't it? Was it last Thursday? Yeah. Yeah, last Thursday. Yeah, it had to be uh, uh Tuesday or Thursday. I uh-huh. think it was Thursday. I think it was Thursday because my wife reminded me it was last week, um, just just the other day. So it's really interesting. So he he had been uh, gagging for a little bit. He'd been uh, doing this a lot, and uh, I was like, what, "What's that?" And then he would then he would throw up bile, which mm-hmm. is like orange and with yeah. a little bit of food. And he wasn't eating any food. I had to force feed him water, uh, where I had to try, open his mouth and pour it in there, and he eventually start licking it, and he'd eventually start drinking. Um, that was happening. Uh, the back of his legs. Like, so he would try to walk, and he would just collapse continually.
1: Yeah. Always collapse.
0: Now, here's the weird part about this. So I don't know if any guys out there are like are like me. So um, in this regard, I'm a very utilitarian person with dogs. Like, they serve as pleasure and protection, okay? So, like, pleasure for the family, you know, enjoy, enjoy each other and so on and so forth, but protection for the home. So, like, you know, and when they outlive that, you know, and they're going to die, I, I always used to think, like, hey, you know what? We put him down, and that's kind of what we do. You know, I joked about bullet pups back in the day where, you know, I'd just take him out in the desert, pull a bullet in his head, and bury him. Because he because you know he's, he's you know, I tell my kids he's gone to a different farm to for sick dogs to get well, and if they don't get well, then they go to heaven. Um, but this was different because this dog had been with all of my kids for most of their life now. So my son's 20, all right, and and my dog is 10. So that means for the last 10 years has been his dog. You know, and I've never had that with any other dog. In fact, the other dog that we had uh, her name was Tandy uh, she was a bull mastiff uh, She actually went to live with my parents. My parents took her and, and and dealt with her in Ohio they moved out here and had her there and she ended up passing away with my parents so it's a lot easier for that to happen because she wasn't our dog anymore but this dog was the one dog that we've had for half my kids' lives so i I think that because being a dad and it being the dog that was with my kids for most of their lives, there was a tremendous amount of like personal connection to the dog, yeah. like just I mean, I get home. So so when you're older, when when I was younger, my kids would greet me at the door, daddy, 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 good to see you and stuff like that. Yeah. When they're older, they're teenagers. They're out with their friends or they're doing something else or sports or something like that. So my kids don't greet me. My dogs did. So my dogs were there. So Marley was the first one. Always holding a ball, ready to throw a ball and everything else like that. So um and I have I have two dogs. I have a he's about 110 pound 110 pound uh, Labrador. And then we have an English mastiff named Penny, who is about 200 pounds. So Penny's much larger than Marley. But, uh, and as Marley wouldn't eat, he started getting really, really skinny. Uh, the last, I'd say, two or three weeks, he really got real thin and, uh, he couldn't walk. He would walk and his legs would collapse. I think the scariest part for me, uh, I don't, did I tell you about when he had a seizure? Did I tell you that story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I was watching, it was just really weird at night. It was like 12 midnight on a Friday. And, uh, I was watching uh, Joe Rogan interview two ghost hunters and they're going through some of their footage and everything else like that on Joe Rogan. It was really interesting. And uh, ghost hunting always has me interested in it because I think it's supernatural and stuff like that. I'm really curious what people think. And when you stir up, we stir up demons and things like that. I think it's going to be really scary. And these kids were learning that they were talking to Joe Rogan about that. So, um, so anyways, and Marley looks at me, uh, or I, I guess all of a sudden I look down and Marley's usually at my feet, and I'm sitting on the couch and He's turned sideways, climbing the side of our other couch involuntarily. Like he's having a seizure and he's looking at me like I'm scared. Help me out. And he's, and, he's, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I yell at the top of my lungs for my son, Camden, who is the most responsible man in the, in, the, in the house that like if I can't do something, Camden can do it. So I want someone else to be with me. If you were there, I'd yell for you. And I was, I was like, Camden, get up. And Camden's dead asleep. So he's like, ah. He comes out and he's, he's like, holy crap, what's wrong with Marley. And for about 30, 30, 40 seconds, Marley's just, you know, climbing the, the side of the couch. is crazy, involuntarily, you know. And so I finally I finally get him, and I'm like, I'm, I'm like, hey, buddy, you okay? And he's super hot. And so I do, like, a YouTube video on dogs and seizures. And it didn't last that long, so that was normal. But we gave him some water, put some cold towels on him, kind of cooled him down a little bit because he was hot. And uh, so I'm like, okay, so maybe this is what's going on. Uh, I'm not sure what what's happening here. And over the next couple of weeks, we saw him just really degrade. He wouldn't eat. We gave, him, we gave him people food. He would just barely eat people food. And, uh, and we saw it coming down to the end, and I was like, you know, I think he has cancer. So I looked up dogs and stomach cancer in particular, and he had every single sign of a stomach cancer, every single sign, like throwing up, bile, and everything like that. Now keep this in mind. This is really hard for people to understand, and I'm really curious to have a conversation on this. Uh, I'm not somebody who spends a lot of money on dogs, okay, in vet bills whatsoever. I have a number in my own head. I'm not going to tell you what that is, but I have a home number that I'm going to go, but it's definitely not above $1,000 to yeah. tell you that. So if a dog's above $1,000 in a vet bill, I'll put him down. I just always will. Even if I love the dog, and I love this dog, I did. I yeah. really did. And uh, so I went in. I, so essentially, Savannah comes in last week. Savannah was in last week and uh she had to come here for uh madeline's play and they're just real tight so she came in for that and some doctor stuff so, so savannah came in that's my oldest, oldest daughter she's 22 and i had prepped her before she came in like hey, i think this is gonna be the week we put marley down and so his last night like all my kids were here i mean even savannah they're all in the same house and they were just sitting on our bed just petting marley and just saying like hey buddy we love you you've been a great dog And i have great memories of that dog that is my shooting dog. I go shooting with that dog. That is my camping dog. I go camping with that dog. That dog has done more with me in the last ten years than any dog I ever had previously. You know, because I live in Arizona, and I go out in the desert all the time. So uh, all that, all that combined, you know, if you would, I'm still very utilitarian with them. Like once you've, once you've lived your life, buddy, and so on and so forth. So um, it's, it's time to go on. So I looked at my son, and I'm like, it's, it's time to put Marley down. And this was his and I dog, basically. So it hung around Camden and I more than anybody else. Camden's twenty years old; he's nineteen, he's gonna be twenty soon. So uh, I'm like, okay, so that's that's where we're at. And uh, Madeline had a hard time with it. She's my seventeen year old daughter; she's graduating high school this year, and she was like, "Man, Dad, this is really hard." And I'm like, I know. So say your goodbyes tonight, because tomorrow we go to the vet. Now I scheduled the vet initially just for the euthanasia, right? Because I knew that it's, it's gonna be bad. My wife calls me and says, "We can't tell the kids we schedule them just to kill the dog." You need to have a medical exam, and so I called the called the vet again and said, "Hey, can I get a medical exam before we do the euthanasia? In case there's something I'm missing. I think I know this, but like, you know, what's up, what, what's going on?" So, I did. and They said, "Yeah," and it, it's it's like, just so you know, it it was like two fifty. Put the dog down, and it was like another eighty dollars on top of that for like the medical exam. And so I was like, "Dude, eighty bucks," and then, I just I just think it's what it is. So. Uh, what what actually ended up being great is that they just bypassed the medical exam. They just, they, you know, they, they said that was free because, you know, euthanasia, I guess. Um, so we get in there. So finally, uh, this is last Thursday. So I wake up, and the appointment's at like 9, 9.45. I get in there. I'm with Marley, and uh, he's just bad. I got to pick his legs up to put him down there. Once his legs are solid, he can walk unless he's tipped, unless he hits something. If he hits something, he falls. So I finally go finally take him in, and uh I tell Kim, I said, it's time, buddy. We got to go. And so Kim comes with me. Uh, I'll be honest with you, JB. I could not have done it on my own. I would have dropped the dog off and that's it. Uh, In fact, I had a couple other dogs I had to euthanize back in the day uh, that I dropped off. I never stayed with them or anything like that just because I I just couldn't take it emotionally wise. Um, Kim's with me. We stay in the room. Doc comes in and I said, hey, this is what's happening, Doc. I think it's stomach cancer. I don't know about you, but this is what it's all pointing to. And I'm not, I'm, not talk, I'm not just talking like, you know, vet MD or anything like that. I'm like, this this really what it looks like. I've had other dogs that have this same, same problem. Uh, the vet confirms it and says, what would you like to do? i said, I'd like to euthanize a dog. And uh, now here's the big thing that I, that I want to talk about. Euthanizing a dog uh, and putting a dog down is very different than a human. Dogs are not human, but they're still part of your family. This is the dilemma that I have. They're not humans, but they're still part of your family. Like, for example, greater value is with human beings than there is with dogs. If you think otherwise, you're absolutely deranged in my head. Just so you know, you are not a human. You're not thinking correctly if you think a dog is a human. It's not a human. It isn't. It's an animal, okay? Human beings are not just animals, no matter what Eminem says, okay? I'm just telling you the fact. But we can hump that antelopes and antelopes (laughs) and another man and another man can't elope. Uh, But I'm I'm just telling you, so like... In that regard, that's where my, that's where my, the, the man part of me comes out and says, it's just an animal. We'll get another dog. And that's just kind of how it is. Although it has great sentimental meaning to me and my family, you know, and I, and I was, it, it is an animal and I have to do this. Even though the whole time that I did it, I cried, you know, like a baby. I really did. I was super sad. I was crying. My son was crying and I was like, oh, I understand this. So, uh, the, the doc comes in and says, uh, he probably does stomach cancer. Can like, can you that dog? So they give him a sleeping agent first. You know they kind of give him a sleeping agent, some muscle relaxant. The funniest part about Marley is he's trying to lick his chops. I, did I show you the video on that? I'll show you the video later on. I got some videos of it. Uh, he's trying to lick his chops and his tongue, puts, loves out because he can't lick and he's so tired. His tongue just lays out. I'm, so, I'm laughing so funny because that's what Marley does. He's just a fun dog. And I'm like, Cameron, put his tongue back in his mouth. I, was like, I can't touch him. He's like, got that stuff on him. I'm like, son, put his dag on. Tongue back in his mouth So I got a video cam stuck in his tongue Back in his mouth And uh, And they administer to the, the The part where the um, Stops a heart You know And the heart stops And We had a few more minutes With him And uh, Kissed him And and prayed I, I, just pra- I, I prayed I prayed beforehand For my dog And I said And I'm going to talk about, about, about Dogs in heaven in a second And hell Because I'm going to talk about that In a second It's interesting um, Theologically speaking uh, and as a Christian, how I think you should view it. And I'll talk about that in a second. Um, the, uh, my, my son's in a, in a rough kind of struggle with his, his own faith right now. And it, that's due to several different factors. Um, but it was really good to pray with my dog and just say, you know, Jesus, I pray you make it s- 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 quick and harmless and as painless as you can for Marley right now. You know, and, he, and, and it did, and it, it, was, it was great. And after, afterwards, my son and I are bawling our eyes out. I, I dropped him off. He went to the gym. I came to work. Remember that? I uh, came back to work for a couple hours. Uh, didn't get much done. Um, just kind of thinking about everything. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I went back home. And uh, daily, we look at each other, my son and I in particular, and say, I miss Marley. Daily we do. Um, but the question came up. Somebody actually emailed me the question. Do dogs go to heaven? And do cats go to hell? <laughs> I, I, I'll, I'll say this much: uh, we have no definitive verse in the Bible that says anything about any animal going to heaven whatsoever. Heaven is distinctly made for human souls, not necessarily for animals. That doesn't mean that God doesn't create, that doesn't care about animals, or that animals don't have souls or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. There's a there's a what I call a Scooby-Doo verse in the Bible. Means it's kind of mysterious. And you could take it as such. And there's a verse that says, all creation groans for the sons of God to be revealed. And that's talking about Jesus' second coming, essentially. Uh, and it says, because not by its own will, creation was sub- subjected to the curse. Not by itself, but by the one who subjected it. it means God subjected it you know, to the curse. So uh, there's an there's a idea and a thought process that at the, at the consummation of all things, when, when Jesus comes back and makes everything right, essentially, that animals, if they do have souls, we all know, if they do have souls, we know they have emotions, we know they have thoughts and processes and instincts, um, that at that moment, all animals will be restored at that point. So do I have any hope that Marley is at the side of Jesus going like, yeah, I'm waiting for my master? Sure, I do. That'd be great. Uh, do I put all my eggs in that theological basket? Nope, not at all whatsoever. He's a dog. He's not a human being. Yeah. And human beings are so much more valuable than dogs. If I lost a kid, do you know how wrecked that would make me over a dog? Yeah. I couldn't come to work that day. I couldn't come to work that week, it's, you know, over a dog. It's interesting, or, right? Because,
1: like, when I look at, like, my my heritage and some of the places that some of my, like my family came from, right, mm-hmm. a horse is the dog. Yeah. Your, oh, yeah, yeah. your horse was your dog. That was your right. best friend. It was the one that was and I've had horses like that. Like And you've done and, everything with them, right? Well, and yeah. here and you said something that it, and it sparked something in my mind about the whole process of like when animals uh finally hit that point and it's time to put them down. Right. A lot of the animals that were ever put down or were sick or died died while I was at school. Yeah. So I didn't yeah. have that emotional attachment on spot right. with the animal dying. Right. Right. I never had that. Right. Um. There were a couple that I personally were involved in and putting down, but they weren't animals that I had attachments to. Mm-hmm. They were cows that we were eating or chickens or or right. dogs that maybe I didn't have that same connection with. Right. Right. Um, right. right. I can think of three instances of animals that I had that were, like, super big impacts to me. And one was my horse. Uh, That Mm. was Rudy. Me and Mm. my dad kind of shared that horse until he got um, another one named Fritzy, was an Arab. Super. Mm. And we got him from the Amish. Um, Mm. One of the smartest and most intelligent working horses I've ever seen in my life, hands Mm. down. And so, Rudy, we bottle-fed. His mom abandoned him. Oh, wow. So, we bottle-fed that horse. So, the connection that we had to that animal was way beyond any other one. Mm. I mean... My dad um, can whistle, a a certain type of whistle, and certain animals in the yard will come to him. Oh, wow. And if he whistles a different way, the other animals come to him. Oh, wow. It's really unique, right, the relationship that you build with them. Mm -hmm. So when that horse died, that was like the first time that I was detached and come home, and my dad's like, I was actually in college. My dad was like, dude, I had to put the horse down. Something weird happened. The Mustang kicked him. It broke his leg. Mm. And that was probably one of the first times that I really felt – um really really emotionally sad about something to the point where i, I don't even think i've been on a horse since then mm. not not on purpose it also just hasn't really come up but i also haven't been on a horse since then even since i've been home i could have easily saddled up a horse when i go home
0: right right right
1: um and then we had a dog named max or not max brutus mm. um brutus was a malamute german shepherd mix he was houdini couldn't oh, keep yeah. this dog caged up and he loved chicken dude <laughs> He would eat a chicken a week, dude. He loved it. Wow. Okay. He would Yeah, we had to we had to keep him away from the chickens. It was it was hard cuz he uh, would, he would he's a Houdini. That's awesome. And that dog lived to be 24 years old. Wow, that's old. We got him when from I was home. like like 2. That dog was my whole life. He was roaming around the farm for 5 years blind eating chickens.
0: What, so, was, what was it like to have to put that dog down?
1: That was that was probably the hardest one for the whole family, right? right. Cuz Brutus was my dad's dog. That was okay. the dog that my dad spent all day on the farm with. That mm. was the first dog that would get in the truck and go places with him. That right. was the dog that right. we had as a family since I was a kid, right? right. Like that's the dog we kind of like how Marley was for you guys, right? Sure, that yeah. was the family dog. Right, right. Um and then we had one more family dog named Buster, and he was a black lab uh Um, Bibble cross Mm. that was my dad's next buddy after brutus Mm. and that dog was um super intelligent super like um he he was like my buddy too that was like probably one of the second dogs that i had that was like my buddy outside of the doberman Mm -hmm. and that was probably one of the other ones that really hit me big Mm. but the one that hit me the biggest was when my wife's cat died okay and i think I think when you see your family's emotional investment in those animals come out on that's top good, of your own, word. yep, um, it hits you a different way. Like, So that horse and that dog hit me a different way because I saw how it hit my dad. Mm-hmm. I saw my dad's emotion. I've never seen my dad's emotion with other animals. He's like, I had to put him down. I'm sorry. It was bad. Wow. I felt bad. Can you help me dig the hole? Whatever, you know? Right. But- Brutus Buster and you know those and Rudy those were the first horses that I saw my dad have um, a really big emotional attachment to and really say like man I miss that I miss that dog right I right. miss the I miss that every time I open the door he runs out and I gotta mm-hmm. stop him from getting chickens or right, right, I right. miss that every time I try to uh, pin that dog up he uh, he gets out and I gotta figure out how he got out you know like. Mm-hmm. Um, So it's, it's interesting. And, um, and you know, all these animals serve different things, right? Like horses are so therapeutic in a different way because they understand, man, horses understand feelings and emotions more than any other animal, maybe than like dolphins Hmm. on the planet and elephants. Elephants are really good too with understanding emotions. Hmm. Okay. Um, they're very aware. It's very unique. Hmm. Um, Meaning if you approach a horse and you have fear, that horse feels that fear. Mm. That's why when you get on a horse and you're not comfortable, neither is the horse because he feels that you're not comfortable and he doesn't understand why you don't trust him. That's weird. I so, that. yeah, it, yeah, horses are really unique in that way. And and then you you add like all these animals do different things like cats, right? Mm. There's... Going back to the Egyptians, they believe that you know cats kind of fight the spirit world.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, well, there's there's more there's more. I mean, I'm not going to go down this road. I don't want to belittle too much, but there's there's video after video after video 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 video, video, video that dogs and cats can see spirits. Yeah, I mean, there's no, and, and I, I don't doubt that whatsoever. In the sense, not in the sense that like you know they're spiritual themselves, but I think that maybe God's given them some kind of insight to where. I know that I've had dogs see demonic activity in my house. Penny, Marley, Alex, other dogs that I've had back in the day – you know that I've seen them. They're barking at something and nothing's there. And I know. And I, the, the cold, dude, everything. Try yeah. living
1: on a ten-acre farm where it's pitch black and the dog just starts barking and there ain't nothing there, bro. bro that would
0: freak me out, bro. That would so freak me. Yeah, out. Yeah, dude.
1: Think then watch the movie Signs and walk out and then see your barn that looks the same and think that there's something standing on it, dude. It's one of my favorite. They're movies, just looking movies at ever. you, dude. They're there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well guys we want to hear your your thoughts on the on the stuff that we're talking about today uh, do me a favor and email us at cut light and smoke podcast actually cut light smoke podcast all one word cut light smoke podcast at gmail.com email us your thoughts on that because uh, we've 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 belittled this and we want to make sure that we let you go for time and we got so much more we could talk about we got more Computer work to do, which unfortunately I have to do by five o'clock, and right now it's uh, four fifteen. So we love you. Thank you so much for listening to, to the Light and Smoke podcast. Wrong button. Uh, Wrong button. Thank you so much for listening to the Cut, Cut, Cut Light and Smoke podcast. Hey, final thoughts on the 1910 uh, 19, 19, uh, Casa, Casa nineteen ten cigar. Yeah, this is the this is the
1: second one that I've smoked, and I'm guessing it's called the a Hilero, okay uh, it's a six by 60 it's a maduro um i did not look up the blend because i don't i actually don't know if this blend is even on there it's their not website. already looked it's not um, yeah it's i'm 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 impressed so far
0: they're they're two for two for me i thought this was great really i thought it was really good i marketed i marketed probably 88 89 oh you know it's very good it's a very okay. good cigar nice peanut buttery nutty, nutty and everything else like that i really enjoyed it so you can you can look forward to uh hopefully we'll see if we can make a deal with uh uh, Casa 1910 uh, cigars and get these in here because uh, if you are in the Phoenix area, um, uh, you, you can check us out. And uh, I love I love everything. It, it's Mexican. It's a Mexican company, right? Yeah, I believe yeah. they're out of Mexico and I believe okay. a lot of it is Mexican tobacco or That's supposed awesome. to be,
1: which I'm all for Mexican tobacco. Absolutely,
0: bro. absolutely. Well, guys, thanks again for listening to the Cut, Light, and Smoke podcast brought to you by Zeal Cigars and CigarSoapbox.com. And with that said, guys, as always, you know, JB and I are out of here like last year. Peace.